everyone. Welcome to another edition of the My Nights Are Booked podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Beth Pollock. And are you watching The Secret Life of Amy Benson on Passion Flicks? It's the newest series to hit the streaming platform, and it is amazing. It's based on the best-selling novel, Escaping Reality, by Lisa Renee Jones. And it's the story of a woman named Amy who is running from an unknown threat. And there is a bunch of there's secrets. And every now and then she gets notes saying you're being followed. So she has to abandon her life and start over somewhere else. And on one of these occasions, she runs into this very handsome person on a plane. His name is Liam. And Liam suspects that there's something going on and he doesn't want to let her out of his sight. So a relationship ensues and Amy's trying to protect him. He's trying to protect her. And yeah, it's, it's an incredible story. It's incredibly thrilling. It's, it's a romantic thriller. So it's not just, um, you know, your standard boy meets girl, they fall in love, happy ever after thing. It's, it's, there's a lot, it's intense. It is very intense. And it's airing right now on Passion Flicks. We just uh, we just hit the third episode this week. There's three more episodes in the first season, and then there's a whole other season coming. And it's it's such an amazing series because it just it it's just it pushes the boundaries of what we've seen so far on the platform, and it has an incredible cast. Maddie McCormick plays. Amy and Casey King plays Liam. And I have to tell you that the chemistry for these two is off the charts. As soon as they were introduced and we had a first look at at them as Amy and Liam, you could just see that there was a connection there. And uh, it's something that really comes across every time that they're in scenes together. And uh, I had the good fortune of being able to talk to Maddie uh, about the series and bringing the series to life. And it's kind of the first of of many conversations because as I said, there's more of this series to come. So we're going to be talking uh, several times. And uh, so we had a chance to talk and and talk about the first three episodes and how she came to the project and what she did to bring Amy to life. And it's such a fascinating story. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, I have to say, and, and you know me, if you've listened to the podcast, you know that I don't just say things off the top of my head, but I really enjoyed this conversation. Maddie is so much fun to talk to, and I cannot wait for you to hear our interview and and for you to get a sense of how she really just just took everything you know from the book and and notes from Tosca and notes from Lisa and and, and brought Amy to life in her own way. And um, I had said in my review that there's that moment uh, in the season premiere where. Amy is is at the airport and she's about to get on the plane and she turns back and looks at the the empty terminal and you can just see this look in her eye. You can see the fear, you can see the uncertainty. And that's when I knew. I knew that Maddie was the one she there, there was nobody else. There could be nobody else to bring Amy to life and uh she's just done a fantastic job. So I am really thrilled to bring you this this interview and uh I'm excited to learn more about Maddie in the future and, and, and see where this adventure goes. Uh, she did, you know, we weren't allowed to talk about upcoming episodes, but we will chat about them. We will have uh, other, other interviews, I'm sure. But she did say that it just, it, if you think it's intense now, wait until you see what's coming. And I cannot, I cannot imagine, um, you know, which is funny because we've, we've read the books. If you, if you're a fan of the series, you've probably read the books. And even if you haven't, you can kind of guess, you know, where this is going ultimately. But I think that um, watching it come to life is really special because I, I don't know that I, I could picture it in my head until I saw Maddie and Casey bringing these characters to life. I just, I don't, I don't think I had a picture and now I have this picture. So now I want to see it. And it's, it's as if I'm experiencing the book and the story for the first time. So I'm really excited to see where this goes. And um, like I said, I'm just really excited that we had a chance to talk and, and, and to learn more about Maddie. And, and uh, she is just, she's a lovely human being. She's, she's just got this, this presence that just makes you happy. And um, I just, I can't imagine a better addition to the Passion Flicks family. So without any further ado, here is my interview with Maddie McCormick. 
All right. So today I am joined by the one and only Maddie McCormick, and you know her as Passion Flix's Amy Benson from The Secret Life of Amy Benson. Maddie, how are you doing today? Oh, oh my gosh. I am just so thrilled to be here. Um, we were just chatting before this started, but uh, I was actually sick this week and Allie was like, do you want to push this interview to, to next week? And I was like, no, this is the highlight of my week. I've been looking forward to it all week. So I'm so happy to be here. So thank you for having me. You are so sweet. I've been looking forward to this too, because it's just, like you said, we were chatting before we started recording and it's just been so much fun. I feel like we've known each other forever because <laughs> you've been like, once you get announced as a passion flicks actor, it's like, it starts like that's the start. As soon as that Instagram post goes up and they say that, you know, <laughs> this person is playing this person in this film, you become part of the family. And I remember the day that they announced you as Amy and everybody was just so excited and that's really I mean it goes all the way back and, and and you've you've been so generous with posting pictures and you know things from set and talking about things as you know as we built up to the the premiere of the show so I feel like we've known you forever but this is going to be a <laughs> chance for us to to really get into it and to talk and to get to know you even more <laughs> I mean, it has been truly like an overwhelming amount of support from the Passion Flicks community and like family. And I've just, I've never experienced anything like it, you know, of just, um, just so many wonderful DMs and messages and comments. And um, it's, it's truly been really moving to see how many people um, respond to the show. And uh, I've never really had that experience before. So um, I just feel really, really grateful. I love it. What was like, how did you, how did you come into the project? I mean, what was, how, what was it like, you know, getting into the role of Amy? I mean, before you even got into her, like, how did you, how did you get the role? Uh, oh my gosh. Um, so I first taped for the role uh, in August. And um, then after that, I had um casting reached out and said, Tosca wanted to have a call with me. And so I was like, okay, that's, that's great. Um, I had heard from my friend, Olivia, who's another wonderful passion flicks leading lady that Tosca was amazing. So, um, we actually had, uh, Tosca and I had a call at eight 30 in the morning after one of my, uh, close friends weddings. <laughs> I was like, um, Yep. It's going to be an early morning after that, but it was so fun to talk to her. And, um, she just wanted to talk to me about Amy. She said that she really responded to my tape and, um, her and Lisa had been talking and that she, um, Lisa actually had a couple notes that she wanted to see like a different, a more vulnerable side of Amy. I had come at it a little bit, um, from a more like stronger guarded perspective. And so, uh, I actually taped again with those notes in mind, and um, sent it back to Tosca and to um, Lisa for them to kind of see this different different side. Um, because, you know, as an actor, uh, I hadn't read the books at that point. I'd read the scripts that I was sent, but it was, um, I think I'd only been sent the first episode. And so I'm taking guesses too, when I haven't read the book of like, well, this is how I think Amy is. And obviously Lisa did, did such a good job of creating such a beautiful, nuanced character. And once I read the book, it was so clear who Amy was. But, you know, when you're doing an audition and you have, you know, 24 hours to turn it around, you're kind of making choices as an actor. And it's not maybe necessarily exactly what the book wanted. So mm -hmm. I actually taped twice for it and had a call with Tosca, like I said, um, and then after the second tape, the offer came in um, and, you know, I was, um, I was really nervous. I was nervous. I knew that the project had a fan base and um, I really wanted to do it justice, you know, and um, I also knew the content was um, described to me, you know, as kind of like 50 shades of gray with um, some of those like, you know, BDSM elements and, you know, that definitely intimidated me and, uh, it was something that I really sat with and I called literally every passion flicks leading lady I knew. I called Mella, I called Olivia, I called Catherine Hughes. And I was basically like, um, talk me through this, like talk me through your process filming it. Um, I, I was, I was nervous. And, um, I said this in the, in the, zoom with passion flicks but Mella really was instrumental to me doing the project because she said I think if it scares you you need to do it 
And that really stuck with me because I was really nervous. I was like, you know, what if I, what if I don't live up to the expectations of the audience and the fans? And what if I don't do a good job? And Amy's such a beautiful layered character. And I knew it would be a really big acting challenge. So I was definitely intimidated by it. And also Tosca sent me a really beautiful letter um, explaining what the Passion Flicks uh, platform stands for and that it does put female sexuality and female pleasure at the forefront and that, you know, romance novels aren't necessarily taken the most seriously and they should be. It's a, you know, billion dollar industry and, um, and there's a huge audience for it. And why shouldn't we take these stories seriously? I mean, at the end of the day, every story I feel like comes down to a love story. I mean, even war stories, they all come down to love stories when you trickle it, trick it all, trickle it all the way down. And so to not be taking something like this seriously um, is a really big missed opportunity. And so uh, Tosca wrote this really beautiful letter and um, I had another call with her about it and I felt really safe and protected going into, you know, some very intimate material. And that was another like thing that I was hesitant about. I was like, you know, that's, it's going to be, um, it's going to be an intimate shoot. And I don't know the the man that they're casting opposite me. And so I felt really safe with Tosca and with um, her direction. And she literally walked me through exactly how she would shoot the love scenes and exactly what angles and from before we even began shooting. Um, and so she, she really wanted to make sure that I felt safe and I did. And so that was a huge reason that I, that I signed on as well. That's amazing because, you know, so often you hear about people being cast, you know, oh, I I just auditioned once or it was really Mm -hmm. easy, you know, and to hear Mm -hmm. the the honesty of like the process that you went through, because it is a huge undertaking, you know, even though, you know, we joke about how fast the shoot goes Mm -hmm. and, you know, how quickly you go through the material. And even though you filmed two seasons back to back, you know, you're, you're done with that portion of it, but Amy Benson is going to stay with you for a while. I mean, it, you know, she, she is now a part of you. And then you, I mean, it, there are so many people who know this material and they know it backwards and forwards and passion flicks has such a different audience compared to, you know, as someone making an original film or an original show where nobody has any background. Mm-hmm. So knowing that you were, you know, you were taking the time to understand the process mm-hmm. really makes a difference because that's, and that's one of the things that I think I wrote, I think it was in, in my review is that I could see the moment when you're like, there's this moment in the first episode and Amy turns back to look at the empty terminal. Mm-hmm. And you know, in that moment, I mean, without you even having to say anything, it's just in your expression, like she is giving up, like everything is like, for one, she's terrified, like the whole process from getting, you know, from the museum to the airport, she's terrified. Mm-hmm. And then she gets to that moment, and she's about to step on a plane, go and, and live some other life. And mm-hmm. you just, the look in your eyes just showed me that you knew exactly who Amy Benson was. And so to hear you talk about like how you brought her to life. And how you came to bring her to life, you know, and getting the role. I mean, that it, it shows that you understood who this character was. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. Um, you know, it, it was conversations with Tosca, you know, and, and forming this character together. And then it was really reading Lisa's words. And like I said, every day before set, I read the book of what we were shooting because, you know, we have the grace of reading the book and, and reading Amy's inner monologue. But in the story, we don't have that. In the shooting it, we're not doing voiceover. And so I really wanted to make sure that you could see what Amy's thinking at all times, because what she's saying saying is not what she's thinking. You know, she's covering a lot. And, um, and so I wanted to make sure that I knew what Amy was thinking at all times so that hopefully the camera could see what Amy was thinking. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think that's one of the things that makes the whole project so interesting because compared to other passion flicks products, Mm -hmm. there are, you know, there, there's so many elements to this story. It's not just a love story, you know, like Mela was so great in seduction and snacks in in this (laughs) you know, very, very lighthearted romantic comedy with like just the most comedic things that could possibly happen to somebody. Yes, truly. And it was, <laughs> you know, it's the movie you go to when you're looking for something light. Mm-hmm. And, you know, obviously Olivia blew me away as, you know, in Driven. Mm-hmm. And that's some really heavy material. Mm-hmm. And Amy Benson is also very heavy, but it's because it's, there's also that element of it being a thriller 
that really mm-hmm. brings it. I mean, it's not just girl meets guy. They fall in love happy ever after. I mean, it's like, there's yeah. some, there's some stuff. I mean, if in, in the, oh my God, the music, let me tell you, like, oh my God, your heart going. (laughs) Oh, it really does. I mean, Amy's dealing with a lot of PTSD. And I think one of the best compliments that I, that I've received is, um, my stepmom actually watched it and she works with clients who have PTSD. And she's like, I could see the trauma in your performance. And I was like that, she's like, I saw a lot of my clients. And I was like, that's so amazing. Like as you know, someone who knows me and she was like, you really just, she's like, it wasn't watching you at all. And, um, that was a really, really big compliment and something that I really took to heart. So as you were preparing, so once you, once you got the role and as you mm-hmm. started to get into Amy's head, what mm-hmm. were some of the thoughts that you had about who Amy was and who Liam was? Because Liam's a, a really interesting, as far as leading male characters go, mm-hmm. he's a little bit different than what we've seen before too. Yes. Um, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's cool that, and we were talking about this again on the Zoom in that we shot the first two episodes almost in order, which is pretty amazing and really not common. Um, and we we had the the luck of that was that Tosca was directing the first two and then she had to leave to go um, location scout for Gabriel. So we had to get those two done while she was in town. But it was kind of amazing because it allowed both me and Casey to find these characters in real time and find their relationship in real time. And you're really watching it unfold on, on screen, which is, you know, it kind of creates that like alchemy, that kismet that um, people look for in watching shows, because I think a lot of those first two weeks, Casey and I were still figuring each other out and we didn't really know what this kind of was yet. So we were kind of really present and figuring out in the moment, which is, I think what makes it feel so alive and so, and so special. So I think, you know, Amy was constantly changing and growing for me. And as I was reading more of the books and rereading, it was sinking in deeper. And, um, I actively only read the first two books. I have now since read uh, the third and the fourth, but I didn't want to get ahead of myself because Amy, I wanted to really live as Amy was experiencing it. And I didn't want to know too much because mm-hmm. almost all of season one is a- Amy living in the unknown. And I was like, you know what, if I read too far ahead and I figure out what's going on, it's going to impact my performance. And so I had to actively tell Lauren, who was like our book expert and brought this series to Tosca and to Passion Flicks. And I was like, don't tell me what happens. I don't want to know. <laughs> do not tell me, do not drop any like hints to me. Like I want to live in this unknowing. And she was like, okay, I promise. I promise I won't. Um, but I think it helped my, my performance and my, you know, staying present. I think that's the, the main thing as an actor is staying present. And I was trying to stay present to what Casey was giving me as Liam. And, um, I think it worked really well that Casey and I didn't know each other and we literally met in hair and makeup day one. And it was like, hi, uh, nice to meet you. And then I had to go start shooting. So our first, yeah, like it was not even like we had a conversation or like got to have a cup of coffee together. It was like a, hi, I'm going to go start filming. I'll see you like in an hour when we do our like staring at each other thing. And that was truly our first time really even like looking at each other. So it's, it's kind of amazing that it worked out that way, you know? Yeah. And, you know, it, cause it is, it's so unusual. Cause a lot of times, or, you know, more often than not, it's the exact opposite of people have, you know, in preparing for the role, mm-hmm. blow through all of the material, know what's going to happen, understand mm-hmm. the motivation for characters with the whole perspective. Mm-hmm. And so to think that you didn't have that and you did it as you went, I mean, that really mm-hmm. is kind of unique and, and yeah. fascinating because it, mm-hmm. in this case, mm-hmm. there are so many intangibles. I mean, every and I think we really see that in the, in the, this week's episode, episode three, mm-hmm. where every single person she sees, she has to look at and wonder like, who is this person? Is that a symbol for something? Is this person working for somebody else? Yep. And, you know, so to have that kind of authenticity that mm-hmm. you don't know, I mean, like, as far as you're concerned, you're <laughs> yeah. not even really sure who this person yeah. is either. You know, yeah. I mean, that's, that's actually really cool. 
Mm -hmm. And I think it just, I mean, it just, it helped me. It helped me stay, you know, again, really present with it. Granted, I I did have a very um, intricate color-coded system with my scripts of like what we were shooting so that, because after those two weeks, we did shoot out of order um, Mm -hmm. for the rest of the, you know, two seasons. And so I would have to like, be like, okay, what does Amy know at this point? What do I know as the actor? What does Amy know? And have to like, make sure that I was on the same page as Amy. And so I had a very intricate color-coded system that Casey made fun of me for and he was like what is this I was like you know this is how my brain works so just leave me alone (laughs) I love that I think that's I mean that reminds me of like how I used to study in college like you know I had the most like I one of my I had a book of Plato and uh Plato's Republic and it it looked like rainbow sherbet because there were so many colors in it yes Yes, that you was get how me. I learned. <laughs> <laughs> you get me. We are we are both type A. I, I think I posted a picture of like my binder with like, I mean, it just was every note, every like, uh, you know. Um, so yes, I, I hear you. We are the same. <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know, it actually reminds me like on, I was looking at your, at your, your biography on IMDb and mm-hmm. I believe you went to UCLA. I did. And studied psychology and film. Yeah, I, I did go Bruins. Um, yes. So, (laughs) um, I, I did not want to study theater. Um, so basically since I was four years old, I've been telling my, my parents, I'm going to move to California and I'm going to be an actor. And they were like, that's cute, honey. And I'm like, yeah, no. And I'm going to go to college in California. And, um, I always knew I didn't want to study theater. I knew I wanted to do, you know, TV film once I got out to LA Granted, Chicago's theater scene is amazing. And I grew up in, you know, some of the best theater in the world, um, studying at Piven Theater and Goodman Theater and Chicago's Second City. And so I had some, and um, my high school, Nutrier High School has an amazing arts program, which, I mean, I'm just such a proponent of, please put money into the arts. It is just so amazing and it's just so enriching. And um, I feel so lucky that I had those opportunities to, you know, be in these amazing productions and choirs. And so I had some really wonderful stage and voice training. So I knew I wanted to do TV film. That was like my, always been my dream, always what I wanted to do. And so I pretty much only applied to schools in California. And, um, I took AP psych in high school and I absolutely loved it. And I think it only serves you as an actor. If you understand the, the human psyche, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, I also love, I love film. Like I deeply, deeply love film. So it just seemed obvious to me that I would study those things and then try to start working as an actor in LA, which is what I did. I started, um, I got an agent right when I got out here, I mass mailed out my headshot resume, like, <laughs> had my, like basically what they tell you not to do. Cause I had no connections. I had no like intros. I just literally put in, put in the mail, headshot resume, cover letter, and just hoped. And then I got a couple meetings and I got my first agent and, um, I started auditioning and I started working and I feel so grateful for that because I had a lot of friends who, you know, studied theater and not to say that, um, they didn't have an amazing experience, but they had a harder time right out of college when everyone else is trying to get rep at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. I kind of um, started a little bit earlier in that sense, which was really, really lucky and really fortunate. And um, the psychology program allowed me to, you know, uh, take days off and film if I needed to in a way that the theater um, major wouldn't allow you to. So I feel really, really lucky and really grateful for my time at UCLA. And um, my husband and I met uh, because we were both film minors. So I love it. (laughs) We took classes together. (laughs) That is so cute. That is so cute. Yeah. You know, it's so funny to hear you. I mean, again, like it's one of those things where you're talking about things that in my head I wondered because when I saw psychology, so Mm -hmm. ages ago when I, when I first, I, I actually, um, when I went to, when I was in college, I tutored athletes. And then when I, when I graduated, I ended up working in the athletic department, kind of organizing athletic department, uh, their academic programs. And I used to have so many people come to me and say like, why, like, I love my psychology class. Why would I take psychology? I don't want to be a psychologist. What can I do with this? Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because when I saw that you majored in psych, I was thinking about how perfect that is with a role like this, oh you know, not God. even knowing about your stepmom. I mean, <laughs> yeah. like, it was like, I, 
I, I was like, this is, this is so, this is, this is the kind of reason that I would have given a student that I knew loved to perform. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's why you major in psych. So you understand these things, but you could, because there's so much about what you bring to, to this role and into, you know, to, to any role that you would approach. I mean, like the, the psychology of it is so important, mm-hmm. but then hearing your story just now made me think that there's a little bit of Amy and you, I mean, just, you know, having to go off, leave your comfort zone mm-hmm. and figure out how to make things work. I mean, there's a little, there is a little bit of Amy in you. It's, it's really, really good. It's really fascinating <laughs> to hear that. Cause I, it, I, I didn't know that prior, but now that I've heard mm-hmm. it, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's kind of what Amy would have done. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I'm very headstrong. And when I like want something, I want something. And, um, you know, I just kind of figure out a way to make it happen. And, mm-hmm. um, I think Amy's, I agree. Amy's the same way, you know, she, um, she's kind of, she's had to just rely on her, on her instincts, rely on herself. She can trust herself and she can't really trust anyone else. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool to hear you make that, com- that comparison. So thank you. Cause I, I think Amy's such a strong character. So, um, it's a huge compliment. Well, and it's, like I said, we're, we're just getting into Amy's journey. I mean, we don't I even know, know. right? <laughs> we kind of know what happens, but we, you know, we can't really talk about what happens, but we can, we kind of know what's where she's going and what's going to happen mm-hmm. and where mm-hmm. she's going to end up. But it's watching. I mean, for me, it's watching how you do that. That just becomes so fascinating because it's, it's such a, I mean, I've in, in correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I've, I've talked to so many actors who have said that what they find the most enjoyable in terms of, of, shooting and in the scenes they enjoy are are usually the ones that from an audience perspective were like oh my god that poor actor that must be so hard (laughs) and then you have the actor and they're like oh my god that was so much fun like that's exactly what I wanted to do you are one thousand percent correct (laughs) so so much of this so much of, of watching you know the intensity of these scenes and and again just the ones we've seen in the first three episodes it feels like they should be heavy. Like you're just going to be so upset and sad and, and bummed out after shooting them. But mm-hmm. what was that like? I mean, because again, it's, it's heavy material in these first three episodes. It, it, it is. I mean, it, it's, it, I feel like it only gets heavier to be honest with you, uh, <laughs> but Which we kind of know what we can't talk about yet, yeah, but we, we will get to, we'll, we'll do a, we'll, a, we'll do a follow-up. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We'll do a follow-up. Um, yeah, no, that's, it's such a good point. And, um, I think, you know, I, I credit a lot of my process. I I mean, really all my process is, um, my acting coach, Leslie Kahn, um, and, uh, her, her, she would not call this a method because her method is thought-based. It's just having character thoughts and having the thoughts of of your character. And she's like, that's not method-based. That's just being a human being, you know, as humans, we're constantly thinking with a point of view in our given relationships, given circumstances. So that's my job as an actor is to figure out what Amy's thinking at any given point. And I'm very lucky that Lisa has written me what Amy is thinking almost at every given point. So, you know, my, my job when I'm on set and when action is called is to be in those thoughts. And then when cut is called, you know, I can go back to, to Maddie thoughts. And so, um, I, I've found that it's, it's been really a, a really healthy way of approaching it. Cause you know, you can carry some of this heaviness. And of course, Amy lives with me in, you know, in so, so many ways because I had to embody her, but at the same time, part of my technique allows me to flip in and out of it. You know, that's, mm-hmm. that's part of the, the craft and it's part of the way of staying sane and healthy. And I would not call myself a method actor. I'm not like actively digging up my trauma for this role, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking about Amy's trauma and I'm, I'm trying to empathize with Amy and really imagine what, what this feels like to live in Amy's shoes. And, um, so in a way it's the, the technique and the work, if you do the work ahead of time and you do your homework, it's easier to kind of flip in and out of it, you know, um, and to not have to stay in that heaviness and that trauma, like, you know, like Casey and I were talking about, you know, we were very goofy on set. And I think it helped us to kind of be like, okay, this is like Amy and Liam, very intense moments. And then this is Maddie and Casey and that's separate and very different people. And it helped us have like a friendship that was, that wasn't so intense and so heavy because these scenes Mm -hmm. are so heavy. And, um, 
yeah, I mean, there were definitely, definitely times where I'd be like, okay, we can't, I need you to go away from me so I can focus and like get into this headspace. And I use music a lot. So I would just put in my AirPods and just kind of like sit and just ask, um, our wonderful first AD, you know, Hey, whenever they're ready for me, just come grab me. But like, I'm just going to kind of stay in this, in this zone right now. But, um, for the most part, it was, it was pretty easy to, you know, kind of, um, have that camaraderie and have fun on set, even while shooting this, you know, heavy, intense material. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things you mentioned earlier was the, the fact that, that you felt safe and being able to bring her to life the way mm-hmm. you did. And I, I feel like that's such a, I want to believe that it's a common thing, mm-hmm. but I actually know that it's not so common. And, you know, it's, it's, it's you know, I don't, I don't want to give percentages, but not every set is as safe as a passion flick set. So to be able to go to those places and, you know, the things that, that Amy and Liam do are very, um, they're very intimate and they're very, uh, you have to get into a very kind of vulnerable place to be mm-hmm. able to bring those scenes to life. And, um, you know, so hearing that, that you felt safe enough to do that. And, and I, that's one of the things that I love about passion flicks is that I've heard that from every single person I've worked with and interviewed that they, everybody feels the same way. And I think that's such a testament to what they do. Oh my gosh, absolutely. Like, you know, yeah, it was reading this material, you know, like I was saying before I officially signed on, I was like, this is, this is a lot. And, um, you know, it's going to involve me having to be very, very vulnerable. And, um, I need, you need a safe environment to do that and to give your best performance. And on top of that, not knowing who the guy they're casting opposite you, I'm like, God, I hope I like them. I hope we get along, you know, um, (laughs) I hope they're cool. Uh, and so, Um, It's like all the different factors, but um, having female directors made me feel very, very safe. And our um, intimacy coordinator, Christina, I cannot say enough good things about her. She is incredible. I was like, any job I do, I need you that I have to do any type of intimacy scenes. I need you because she she's also an actor. Stacia is also an actor. So they understood in these like intimate moments what you need as as an actor. And Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I just can't say enough good things. I can't say enough good things about having an intimacy coordinator, having private rehearsals with just me, Casey and Christina, not even a director, just the three of us um, before we shot anything. But yeah, Passion Flicks really is like the golden standard for um, intimate sets. They really make sure that you feel taken care of and can do your best work. And um, yeah, I, I can't say enough good things about that. I love it. I love it. Cause that's it. You know, it's, it's, um, it's funny because as someone who, you know, it, it, I don't know if you have, you, did you read romance before you were cast in this role? Had you ever read romance? Um, not, it, not entirely, you know, I'd, I had read, you know, uh, a couple books here and there, but it wasn't like my go-to genre. No. And see, I was, I was the same way up until a few years ago when I realized that what I was mm-hmm. reading romance, like I didn't, think mm-hmm. about, you know, like, I wasn't like, I'm just going to go read a romance novel. Like it was just mm-hmm. the book happened to be, you know, mm-hmm. it was very accidental, mm-hmm. but you know, that's, that's one of the things that's so interesting because you, when people wonder why there aren't more movies like this, mm-hmm. it's such a fine line to bring it, to get to life, you know, to, to bring a story like this to life and to do it justice. Like, I think mm-hmm. that's kind of the key is yep. that, you know, the fact that you have a whole season, you know, three hours to bring the story to get mm-hmm. when you put them all together, it's basically three hours in the season. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, as opposed to trying to fit it all into one film and say mm-hmm. like, that's your shot. This is, you're going to tell Amy's story in one feature film. That's like 90 minutes. Yep. That's not, I mean, you don't have the space to show the vulnerability, to show the moments where she's just standing there breathing really hard because she's so scared that she doesn't know what she's, you know, what's coming. And so to have, you know, to have the, the creative vision mm-hmm. coupled with the safety of bringing a story to life that, you know, because it is a romance novel, there is, mm-hmm. there is romance, there is, you know, like you can't yeah. ignore one over the other. Yeah. So it's so, you know, like, that's what I think is so fascinating because you are able to bring every single one of those moments together in, in a way that looks so authentic on screens as an audience view, as a viewer. It looks like you and Casey have known each other for years and Amy and Liam have, have, you know, connected on this level. And it's just, it's so amazing to see that. And and it happens in every movie and every show. I mean, they they just do such a great job, but 
again, the connection that you have with, with, you know, that Amy has with Liam, it's so special because of the type of story this is. It's not Mm -hmm. the normal story that we're used to seeing. (laughs) No, it's definitely not. And, um, you know, it's the, a lot of their relationship is based on control and giving it away and who has control at any given point. And, um, in order to have that, you do have to feel safe with your scene partner and you have to, you know, um, so I felt really lucky that, um, Casey and I got along so well and that he is such a cool person and that, you know, we had a lot of conversations privately of like, are you comfortable? How are you feeling? Um, and just checking in with each other because at the end of the day, like the, the series is a lot of our, of our relationship and our chemistry. And if we're not feeling comfortable with each other, it's not going to work. So, um, yeah, the more that we became close on set, I think the better the, the connection of the performance got. So even though it was so intense, do you mm-hmm. think that there's a, do you think that a blooper reel will be out there eventually? <laughs> there will be. Oh my God, will there be a blooper reel? Oh my God. <laughs> that is just all I can say. There will be a blooper reel. Uh, there is a point where <laughs> Liam goes into like kiss Amy and Casey straight up headbutted me. Like oh. I'm talking like headbutt and I was just, <laughs> everyone was dying laughing. I mean, it was just like one of those moments where he's supposed to like cut you off with a kiss and like it just it ended in a headbutt. And, um, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things like that, that will be very, very fun to, to relive. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Cause I can, I can only imagine the giggles. I mean, that, that, I think that's, that's in a lot of ways. I remember Olivia's performance through the blooper reel more mm-hmm. than the actual show because I watched the blooper and now I can't watch those scenes without thinking of how hard it was for yeah. her to do some of those scenes and Mel is so freaking funny like oh my god she's I so mean funny. like yeah. she's just funny all the time so like you would expect that but mm-hmm. Olivia has some moments where you're just like she couldn't get through it she just couldn't yeah. do it <laughs> and they're like heavy scenes that's the funniest oh, yeah. part is that like they're mm-hmm. not you know, it's, it's not like, you know, they're, they're fun scenes where you should be laughing. You shouldn't be laughing in these scenes. That's oh my God. It's so much more fun. <laughs> yeah. Me, Casey and our DP, Robert had just, you know, a lot of, a lot of fun, a lot of inside jokes and like bits we would do with each other. And Robert's like, God, we got to shoot like a buddy comedy cop, like buddy cop <laughs> comedy with the two of you, because we would just be all day, like back and forth, back and forth. And he's like, we got to do a comedy together. And I'm like, yeah, that would be really fun. <laughs> would be great that would be mm-hmm. great speaking of now that you're part of this universe mm-hmm. and you already mentioned that you, you know so many of these the people who have worked with passion flicks before is there anyone that you've you've as you've done research that you've been like I can't wait I can't wait to go to passion con and meet this person um I'm really excited to meet uh Melanie Zanetti uh, I, I've heard wonderful things about her from Olivia. And, um, as, like I said before, I'm a very good student. So I've, um, listened to your podcast to prep for this and I listened to <laughs> Melanie's episode. I listened to Josh's episode. Um, I know Josh, but, uh, <laughs> Josh is wonderful, <laughs> but Melanie just had the most beautiful, insightful things to say. And like things that like will stick with me. And I was like, God, what a what an amazing person, what an amazing actress. Um, I'm very excited to connect with her at some point, especially because her and Olivia are so close and I adore Olivia. So um, she's definitely someone that I, you know, look up to in a lot of ways. So I'm very excited to at some point, hopefully connect with her. I love it. I love it. Well, since you mentioned that you studied up on the podcast, (laughs) as as we bring our conversation to a close and it's not, it's not a goodbye. It's a goodbye for now because we're going to be chatting where Amy's journey is not over yet, No, but uh, you might know that we did a little game at the end of some of those podcasts. I did. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, because Melanie's answers to the, uh, to the 10 questions from inside the actor studio are, they've become epic. Like I, I, don't want to put you on the spot, but like, I she, know there's something about you heard them. So I can, I can actually, I just, I, there's, I, I was listening to her going, Oh my God. And then there are people who do like fun answers. And I'm like, well, I was looking for the fun answers, but 
my God, Melanie just kind of, she was like profound. I know. I was like, I need to meet this person. My God, I'm going to like write some of this stuff down. Yeah, no, she is absolutely amazing. And, and I, I can't wait. I, I can't wait to do the next panel with all of you on it with Mela and you and Melanie and Olivia and Catherine and just get everybody together and just talk about this. Cause this, this would be fun. You know, that would actually be a really, I've, now that I think about it, we should do, we should do a, either a podcast or something for, for passion flicks with all of the leading ladies, all in the same I would spot. Love that. Oh that my would God. Be... I would love that. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Think we... Sign me up. Sign me up. Yep. Allie, I know you're listening. So you need yes. to make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to do the 10 questions. If you're, if you're game, not that oh. I, I feel like I've set you up in a, in a, in a really unfair way, because I don't want you to think that you have to give profound answers. There's they're meant to be fun. So please. No, that, that, no I, I appreciate that. I, I was like, oh, am I cheating that I like knows that she does this? <laughs> am I cheating? <laughs> No, I'm just no, so not at all. I just like to prepare. No, no I, I love it. I think that's, I, I'm the same way. So I, I actually love that. It, it's really, <laughs> it's, it's actually kind of funny because, um, so during passion con the night before I was sitting in my room making notes to make sure that like everything went off with us. So I like, I was that kind of, everybody else was at the party and I was taking notes because I really wanted to like have amazing conversations. So so I'm that way too. I'm, I'm like, I'm Great sitting girl in the after my own heart. Yeah, after my I'm own. sitting in the, the Ritz Carlton with this beautiful <laughs> view and I'm, I'm taking notes. <laughs> for this panel. And I already knew most of the stuff. I just felt like I needed to do it. So, so yeah, you and I, two peas in a pod. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, uh, let's kick this off. You know, the questions, you know what I'm going to ask you, but the first question is what's your favorite word? Okay. My favorite word is moxie. Um, and it's something that, um, you know, I, I try to like embody in my life, like, you know, um, go before you're ready and have some gumption. And I just feel like, um, all the people that I aspire to and, and, uh, look up to have a lot of moxie and like the choices that they make and how they live their life. And, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely my, my favorite word. Love it. I love it. What's your least favorite word? I was really thinking about this when, um, when Melanie was answering it, I was like, Oh, what is my least favorite word? And, um, I truly don't think I have a least favorite word. I think I have a, a least favorite phrase and okay. my least favorite phrase is like, I have to, you know, I try mm-hmm. to be like a, not a, I have to do this. I have to do that. I try to be like a get to person. Like I try to just reframe it in my brain of like, I get to do this. You know, I, whether it's like, I have to get up and, and do X amount of like, I don't know, errands, chores, whatever it is work. It's, it's, I get to, I get to wake up. I get to, um, do all these amazing things. I, I get to be a person. I get to experience all these like beautiful emotions of being a person, even if some of them are really hard to go through. So, um, yeah, I was, I was really thinking about that and I was like, I don't think I have a least favorite word, but I don't like that phrase. And I try not to use it. I'm like, Oh, I have to do this. I think that's perfectly fair. And that makes perfect (laughs) sense. (laughs) What turns you on creative, spiritually, or emotionally? Ooh, you've kind of changed it. It it used to be just what turns you on. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, uh, that's actually the French variation because the the questions were originally from the French show. So. Ooh, I like it. Oh, I like, (laughs) I like these added dimensions to it. Um, Okay. So definitely what turns me on is, um, uh, a sense of humor. Um, can't take, you know, life or yourself too seriously. Um, I am definitely like a, a flirtatious person. I flirt with life. And, um, so I definitely love people who, um, you know, can banter and kind of have that same love of life. And I think a a big thing that turns me on too, uh, is curiosity for life, you know, keep, keep growing, keep being excited about your surroundings and not getting, you know, too complacent. I think that's, uh, a really beautiful quality in a, in a person and in just, um, yeah. And in, in a life philosophy, just staying curious. I love it. I love it. What turns you off? Um, what turns me off is, 
um, people who are, are rude to service people, um, <laughs> that I've, I've waited tables for so many years, so, so many years. And, um, I, I don't like when people are, are rude to people. Um, and that, that's even on set. I, I, I hate seeing anyone who's rude to people or are acting above. I, that is just so not my, my energy. Um, that really turns me off. Um, not voting turns me off. You got to vote. You got to vote for the future that you want like that and not, you know, not caring. Um, I care a lot. And so, um, people who don't care and don't care about other people really turns me off. And, um, yeah, just, uh, you know, um, just people who are, um, bigoted, you know, and, um, I, that's just, that's never going to be cool. Um, and never going to be okay with me. Yeah. I love how your answers are thematic. Like every answer has been grouped like thematically with, <laughs> yeah, like, that's just, that's, you're so you're good at this. You're good at this. Well, I did have a little prep time. <laughs> well, yeah, but still you're still on the spot. You could, you know, <laughs> um, Maddie, what's your, uh, what's your favorite curse word? Fuck for sure. Absolutely. Um, I feel like you can use it in so many fucking ways and yeah. it, can be an ad- it can be an adjective. It can be a verb. It can be a noun. It can be whatever you fucking want it to be. And, um, it's funny because I actually kind of have like a potty mouth a little bit. Um, my, my closest friends would know this and my husband would know this. And he, he says, it's like the, the Kristen Bell syndrome with me where like, I just like, I'm like, look really sweet and petite, but then I like curse like a sailor sometimes. <laughs> and so, um, I actually do have like a little bit of a potty mouth. I like that. And, and I think <laughs> I, 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 I'm right there with you. That's like, that's one of my favorite words. And I, yeah. this is a true story because I told you that I worked in, in athletics. I had this baseball player who was kind of a pain in the butt mm-hmm. and he came to me one morning and he's like, Sarah Beth, I, I've got all these problems. And he told me all these problems. And, and I knew there was only one way I could get through to him. And so I sat back in my chair for a minute and I'm only like two years older than he is. Right. So yeah. it's not like I'm that much, you know, and yeah. I sit back in my chair and I think about it for a minute and I'm like, well, you're fucked. And he just looked at me like, really? Like, oh my God, really? It was, I realized that was the only thing I could say to him to yeah, understand. That would like severity. get through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it worked and it worked. So I'm, I'm, I'm a big believer in that word. I think it's a good word. I am. I am too. My acting coach again, Leslie Kahn, her thing is like, give no fucks is like, is like her big motto of like swing, take chances, give no fucks. And I try to try to live by that and embody it. You know, I think that's, that's the way to go. That's the way to go. Mm-hmm. What, uh, what noise or sound do you love? So, um, it's so funny. Uh, my, um, I don't know if you've ever read the book, the lovely bones, mm-hmm. um, but in the book, and I haven't read it in a while, but there are like, when she's in heaven or whatever, there's like heaven smells and heaven sounds. And like in her heaven, I think there's like magazines that she loved. And I, I, that really like stuck with me. And so, um, my husband and I have this thing where we point out like our heaven sounds in real life, where we're like, when we hear a sound, we like, we're like, oh, that's a heaven sound. Like, or like, that's a heaven smell. Like when I go to heaven, I'm, that's going to be a sound that I'm going to hear. So it's funny that this is one of the questions because we actively like talk about this a lot. And, um, (laughs) (laughs) one of mine, which, uh, again, my husband, Michael thinks is so bizarre, but, um, I'm a really big cat person, huge, crazy cat lady, total crazy cat lady. Um, and like, show me all of the pictures of your cats. All I wanted to talk about on the set was people's animals, specifically their cats. Um, and so I volunteer at a shelter here that is a cat only shelter. It's called Kitty Bungalow. I've volunteered there almost every week for the last five years when I'm in town and not shooting and it's not COVID. Um, and then even partially during COVID when it was safe to go back. Um, but I've adopted both of my cats from there. And, um, one of the sounds that is like truly a heaven sound for me is, um, when you feed the the little kittens, their wet food in the morning and they're so hungry and it's like quiet, except for this just like little chewing noise at them. Just like, oh, start. they're so happy. And they're almost making like little, like 
contented noises, like just little grunts. And I don't know, it's just like one of those noises that just brings me so happy. And Michael's like, so one of your favorite noises is listening to cats eat wet food. I'm like, yes, yes. (laughs) When you put it that way, that is, that's truly one of my favorite noises. That might be the best answer I've ever heard. So (laughs) I love that. It's so weirdly specific and it's something that I've actively talked about being a heaven sound for me. Like I just, I love that sound so much. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. I love it. So now I, okay. So what sound or noise do you hate? Uh, What sound or noise do I hate? Um, mm, I really don't like um, people who like blare on their car horn, which is so Mm. funny because my best friend, Natalie is one of those people who just, I mean, someone's going too slow on the right. It's honk, honk. And I'm like, Natalie, just give them a second. (laughs) And, um, I also hate driving. So Natalie, um, usually takes the brunt of the driving. Um, so it's uh, shout out to you, Natalie. Um, but she, she definitely gets her, she lays on that horn and I, oh God, I hate, I hate the horn. I hate the car horn. Poor Natalie. (laughs) (laughs) Natalie, if you're listening, I want you to know that, that Maddie has a smile on her face as she's telling me all of this. So I can only imagine how close you two are. (laughs) I love it. Um, What profession other than your own would you like to try or attempt? My gosh. Um, Another, like, such a good question. Um, You know, I, um, I really... I at some point would like to write a book. Um, I, that's something that like down the line, I would really love to do. Um, and uh, I don't know if that's like fiction or, you know, um, or whatnot, but I would really love to write at some point, um, write a book. And uh, also I would really, you know, I would like to direct. And um, and it's something that even more recently watching Tosca and Stacia and seeing them, um, it's really been inspiring to me and it's kind of reawoken that like, um, that urge inside of me to be like, oh, I, I would like to direct. That is something that like seeing these strong women and just commanding these sets and bringing so much, you know, passion and intention, um, it's really inspired me. And um, Stacia is also an actor. And so she just gives the most beautiful nuanced notes. And um, it's definitely like how I would want to direct um, having the actor's perspective. And um, yeah, it's really, really inspired me to the point that Robert, our DP, he was like, I'll, I will um, DP any short film you want to do um, and I'll, and you can direct it. And I was like, really? So we're actively talking about, you know, doing a short together that I would get to direct. And, um, uh, you know, again, like talking about being curious on set, I'm always asking what lens are we on? Why are we on that lens? Um, from Robert, from Stacia, from Tosca, because I just want to know. And I obviously mm-hmm. studied film and I want to know what choices they're making. And, um, Stacia did this really cool shot that will come up in season two. And um, I I can't say too much about it, but it was a really beautiful um, filmmaking shot. And I was so, I was geeking out about it. I was absolutely geeking out about it. And I was like, oh my God, how did you do that? How are you doing it? What frames per second are you shooting on? You know? And so um, it really got me excited and shooting this series and having the support of like wonderful directors like Tosca and Stacia and our amazing DP Robert to like, you know, not be annoyed with my million questions of why are we doing this? What, what is, what am I, what can I learn? You know? So that's something that I am very much interested in, in the future. Which is another reason the Passion Flicks family is so great because you could potentially direct within the Passion Flicks family. It's not unheard of. That would be a dream. (laughs) (laughs) So let's say you're man, we're manifesting that we're manifesting it. Absolutely. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So what profession would you not like to do? Um, You know, I have, uh, I have so much respect for healthcare workers, especially through this pandemic and Um, my cousin is a nurse and I don't, I mean, anyone in the healthcare profession, I could not do that job. I, 
I couldn't do it. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't, I can't imagine doing hospice care. I can't imagine being these nurses working these long hours during COVID, um, talking to my cousin who, you know, at the time when there was so much fear and she just had to show up and, you know, put on these ridiculous amounts of protection every day and then long hours. And I just, I have so much respect for that. And I, I could never do it. I truly could never do it. I hear you. I hear you. Um, we've arrived at the last question. <laughs> this is the big one. <laughs> if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Um, this is one that I was like, I was really like thinking about and I, I loved Melanie's answer and, um, and I, I was really like, wow, what a beautiful thing to ask yourself, you know? And the first thing that came to mind for me was I saw literally, I think yesterday or today on Instagram, um, there was this thing going around and it was that a professor invited like a Buddhist monk to come to teach his, his class one day. And the Buddhist monk wrote on the, on the blackboard, um, everyone wants to change the world, but no one wants to help mom with the dishes. And everyone laughed, but um, his whole lesson was that, you know, statistically, you're probably not going to save children from an orphanage and you're probably not going to do these like earth shattering, huge monumental things. But like, what are you doing in your daily life to uh, to spread kindness and and to make other people's lives better? And that's in its own way, you know, changing the world. And. I, I read that and it just really stuck with me. And then when I heard this answer or heard this question, I was like, wow, that's, you know, that's really what I would want to hear is like, you were so kind and you were such a a good person and, um, you made the most of your time and in the people that you, whose lives you touched, you impacted in a, in a positive way, in a beautiful way. And the art that you made impacted people in a positive way, um, because art is so important to me and speaks to me. And if I can, you know, um, leave that legacy behind, that would be truly amazing, you know? Um, so that's, that's kind of my answer. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's a beautiful answer though. That is a beautiful answer. Thank you. Maddie, I want to thank you for being on the podcast and for being so just giving the most beautiful responses and just sharing so much of your life and, and how you came to the passion clicks family and for being our Amy and for (laughs) this journey that we're on. I can't wait to see more of it, but just thank you so much for, for being on the podcast, but also just for everything that you've done for all of the fans. Cause I know I've got, I've, I, I know I see the messages that, that you get and what you're doing means so much to so many people. So thank you. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Like I said, this was truly, I was looking forward to this all week. I was like, I don't care if I'm sick. I do not want to push this. This is what it, this is what's getting me through. Um, so thank you for having me and for, you know, asking such thoughtful questions and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm truly blown away by this community. I, I haven't ever experienced anything like it with, you know, my work and people responding to it in such a way and being so supportive and so wonderful. And, um, it, again, it was something I was really nervous about that people wouldn't like my interpretation of Amy or that I wouldn't live up to what they saw in the books. And so, um, I, it's just been, I've been so grateful that, um, to every kind message, I truly read all of it and I try to reply to all of it. Um, but it, it really means more than, more than, you know. Well, thank you so much. And I can't wait until the next time we get to talk and continue our conversation. (laughs) (laughs) More to come. A lot happens in the Amy Benson story and the Amy and Liam journey. A lot, a lot happens. (laughs) I love it. Well, we're going to leave it right there. And, um, yeah, like I said, to be continued, right? To be continued. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Maddie. Thank you, everyone. All right. Once again, I want to thank Maddie for taking the time to chat with me. It was such a fun, a fun conversation. And I'm so, so excited for the future. And, and, you know, as you know, this is going to be a busy year for Passion Flicks. There's so many projects 
and movies being made and, and series being made. And it's just, it's so much fun when you have such wonderful people that are part of this family. And, and you can tell that, you know, she's, uh, you know, she knows some of the other leading ladies and, and, uh, leading men in the series and in the movies. And, um, it's just, it's passion con next year is going to be amazing. Let me just leave it at that. So if you've made it this far on the podcast, I want to thank you for joining me and thank Maddie again for being my guest. Um, as always, I want to thank you for your support. If you didn't support the podcast, I wouldn't uh, be able to bring it to you. So I, I can't thank you enough for supporting my work and supporting the podcast. Uh, if you haven't subscribed, please go ahead and subscribe on any of the platforms that it's available on. Uh, send me messages. Let me know what you think. How, if you have questions, send me questions. Um, I'm at Twitter and Instagram at Sarah Beth Pollock. And I cannot wait to talk with you again. There's so much, oh, there's so many good things coming and it won't be the last Passion Flicks interview. As you know, there's, there's lots of Passion Flicks goodness coming. So stay tuned, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me and we'll talk again soon.